Welcome to the Then Weight Podcast, where we're bridging the gap between able-bodied and disabled people through real talk and real conversations from a wheelchair. Anna Lanier. Anna Lanier. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm very excited to have you on here. Thank you for bringing me up to your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So like I was saying, this is my first time doing this. My, my partner in crime right now was taking a break. What do you do? So I uh, practically um, help teenagers and adults out of depression. Okay. And the way I do that is that I rebuild the family relationship between themselves. Mm -hmm. Because uh, we have two branches in our company. One company is dealing with overcoming depression. Okay. Okay. And that's a process about three to seven months, right? And at that time, it's hard to for somebody to trust themselves when they're going through that process because they failed so many times. But we're also concentrating on preventing depression. And when we're talking about preventing depression, we're trying to prevent from kids up from six years old up to 25. There is a reason for that. We're trying to prevent that because once they, they have an entire cycle up to the age of 25 and they see pain and suffering, they're going to repeat that in their life. So we're trying to stop them in that cycle to show them that having wonderful, great relationship between parents and children is possible. And just because the parents were in a lot of suffering in their lifetime, the child doesn't have to repeat this cycle and end up in depression during adulthood. So um, talking about failing, how do we overcome, you know, you talked about saying that we, we're failing. How do we overcome that? How do you? So um, a lot of people come to me as I do have a different approach. It's not therapy and it's not medication. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people come to me after they tried medication and therapy or they don't want to get on meds because um, everything that they have done, it was not working. So how should I say, it is a fashionable thing to take meds and to go to therapy and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you look at the amount of people who overcome these kind of conditions like anxiety and depression, it's zero, right, at the end Mm -hmm. of the road. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people realize, and we have a lot of nurses, specifically nurses, but they realize that that's not going to work for them, right? So they come to me after they have failed multiple times in overcoming depression themselves. Or a lot of times parents with their children that they slip in depression, right? And um, we do have a different approach and we do have different formulas, right? For the parents with children and for the adults, there are different formulas. And this, this is the truth. When you are in these kind of situations, like I was, for example, I was in depression for 27 years of my life. I was suicidal at the age of 19. I overcame depression at the age of 38 just because I noticed that my kid was slipping depression and I knew what's happening. When you're already suicidal, your child will be 100% suicidal during his lifetime because this is just science. It's numbers, right? And um, how should I say? You, you, you fail every day of your life. You're failing yourself just because you know deep down that you have a tremendous potential 
but you don't know how to uncover it. It's like it's hidden. It's hidden by your pain that you cannot release and you don't know how. And I saw a lot of people asking other people that are suffering as well how to do it. And resilience is not resilience or controlling anger or controlling pain is not the way to do it, especially when, how should I explain? When you really want to fly out there, right? Mm -hmm. When you have a tremendous potential, you know that if I just overcome this, I can do everything I'm supposed to be doing in my life. I, I can do my, I can find my purpose in life. I can help others. I can do so many amazing things. But in depression, you don't see what you're supposed to do. It's like a huge fog, right? And you're just in that pain and you're trying to survive. You're not trying to live, mm -hmm. right? So this is why a lot of people come to us and say, I tried everything. It's like, are you ready for a new approach? And they're like, yes. And this is exactly what I need. I need their mind to be clear of, I don't think this is the way to do it, right? Because they don't know what's the way to do it. I do this job, they don't, right? <laughs> so I take them in a different, different approach. And it's amazing that you see results in weeks because they were never taught to think in a certain way. We were all taught to master the game of suffering, not to master the game of life. Yes. I was listening to one of your um, our interview that you were doing, and I can't remember the quote, but you, you talked about a little anger, having anger, um, needing the anger to, I guess, be better or do uh, to control it. And I kind of agree with that because a lot of times in my life, I don't like to get sad. I start to get angry, and when I get angry, because I can control it and I can focus my motive, it's my motivation to be better. I can't. I'm sorry. I wish I would have wrote it down. But anger, anger is your fuel of life. Yes, but yes. not, but not anger at others or at yes. the world. Yes. So the way the way I explain it is like anger is like the gas that you put in the car to drive you. Where do you want to go in life? Mm -hmm. But if you put that gas around the car and around the gas station, you're going to catch yourself on fire and you're going to wonder why, mm -hmm. right? So here is how do you use that anger, not to be angry at yourself or others, but to drive you up, okay? To fuel you up to do everything you want and desire because it is your life and you deserve to do everything you want and desire, uh, yeah, so I, I I like that because me being in a wheelchair, it was a lot of times where I, I had low confidence and low self-esteem. I, I just started 37, and I've just, these last couple of years, I just honestly feel like I've been living my life or the life I deserve to have, and I'm still at it, but, you know, doing this podcast has made me feel, oh, I mean, I have my worth, but this podcast makes me want to do better every day to show other people that they could do better. Not only that, you're helping a tremendous amount of people know mm -hmm. what options they have in mm -hmm. the world, right? So um, many people consider depression uh, a mental illness and they consider it as disability. And in my practice, we consider it deep, heavy, and unresolved emotional wounding. Mm -hmm. And there are five emotional wounds that come with depression. One of them for people with disabilities 
is, you know, like yourself, is injustice. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is the truth. It is unjust that you are in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. right? It is an injustice that happened to you. But understanding that you can still help others, you can still have a purpose, you can still live a life, even with that injustice that happened, you know, taking it as a gift instead of wasting my life moving from a place to another where I don't need to go. Yes, Okay, mm -hmm. I can be with myself, I can be with my purpose, I can be with my emotional healing, with helping others, I can be way more productive in life. Yes. So the way that I change perspective for people is changing it from what's the worst that happened to you to what's the best this is for you. Because we all waste our life going from place to place without realizing even why. And this COVID thing actually showed us that stay still and you're gonna be fine. <laughs> you don't have to go anywhere, right? Mm. So these kind of things that sometimes it needs to remind us that doesn't matter if, um, I know somebody, for example, he's um, paralyzed totally. He only can move two fingers, talk and move two fingers of his life in, in, his, in his job. And he's actually an engineer working for the government with just two fingers, right? He accomplishes so much more for the government just, just with two fingers and his head, right? So people are like, how do you do it? He's married with a wonderful woman that takes care of him. And everybody says, looks at him, is like, what? There is nothing wrong with him. There is nothing wrong with him. And he realized that there is nothing wrong with him. That's why he married a woman that actually, you know, she was her, uh, he was his caregiver at the beginning. And then they ended up in a relationship married, right? But things like this where, what is the worst thing that happened to you? You can turn it into the best and live your life. And this is just how it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But yeah, as a, as a kid, I, I didn't have, like I said, I didn't have self-confidence because I didn't think that anybody would want somebody with a disability in a wheelchair. You know, we look at society, um, you see, Two people walking no girl or no man will want somebody that they have to really take care of like that and then you know with social media i was able to get on there and i i was able to see people with disabilities strive and live a life and just be happy and if this is the life i want to live and and i've been trying to pursue that every ever since then yeah. and um there is this gentleman i think his name is Voshtek, um mm -hmm. that doesn't have hands or arms and he's a motivational speaker married with Thank like you. three four kids or something like that so there is how should i say there is beauty there is beauty even in injustice you're you're definitely right about that you're definitely right about that now speaking on disabilities do you have people um any clients that have disabilities we don't have right now people uh, with disabilities. I have to be honest with you. We had 850 people last year. We have 180 something on queue right now. We don't have people in disability right now. And most of it because some of our high programs are high paid. Okay. Nevertheless, we have a lot of people um, that are probably on disability that are taking our free courses. Okay. 
right? So we have a lot of free resources, um, but the paid ones are quite, how should I say, challenging because there you have to make decisions. You have to take responsibility for your healing, okay? And that could be very, um, very challenging for somebody that has suffered from injustice over their life, right? And sometimes they blame God and sometimes they blame others, right? So it's challenging to take responsibility for your healing, for your emotional healing in these circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a matter of choice and it is very possible. We had um, a couple of people from the um, um, Indian American society that they went through our healing process. They have been in justice with genocide for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. So they had a lot of baggage, if you will, <laughs> brought into them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So little things like that, but it's all, how should I say, how you feel, it's your responsibility. You have to take that on. Because nobody can make you feel in one way or another. It is only you that have control over that, right? So it's, this is why we, we, we talk about, you know, the, the lessons we learn in these kind of circumstances, right? Mm-hmm. And the lesson is very simple. A person with disability is never less than somebody without. Yes, ma'am. So these kind of things, you know, the internet helped us out with that. The social media helped us out with that. Podcasts like this help us out with that, right? To understand that healing depends on us, not on the society, not on how people, other people judge us, not on how the family judges us or friends or things like that. It only depends on us. And the universe only wants growth and expansion. And that depends on each one of us. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Now going back, um, you said something about um, your son had showing signs of depression. Now, can you walk us through some of that, like the early signs and warnings of depression? So a lot of times depression is a generational condition mm-hmm. and it comes from the family. In my case, my mother was an alcoholic. Okay. So it came from her, right? And the the adult children of alcoholic have their own issues. They have their own dependency and codependencies issues. They have their own self-esteem issues. And a lot of times they raised unconsciously depressed children themselves. Right. So there are different levels of pain. As I said, there are five levels of pain. And I didn't mention all five. I only mentioned the injustice because you're in that field. But Mm -hmm. there is rejection. There is abandonment. There is humiliation and there is betrayal too. And the fifth one is injustice. The fifth one, the injustice one, is the hardest one to overcome, right? Because there you have to explain why the universe, God, or whoever you believe in, did me such an injustice, Mm -hmm. right? But the other ones, the rejection, abandonment, humiliation, and betrayal, they're quite easy. They take only a couple of months to heal if you know exactly how and if you have a guide going through it. And that will help you a lot with building relationships in your life, like opening it up to love, open mm-hmm. up true 
open up to the partner you deserve and desire, not to just accept the first one that walks in, right? Mm -hmm. So um, understanding, um, you know, that their parents did their best, even if sometimes maybe they would have lashed at you or they would be angry and we would scream at you, right? But they did the best in their circumstances. So this is why we're concentrating a lot on building amazing family relationships because mm -hmm. love comes from inside the family. If you are having love inside the family, you have love inside you. And all the world on outside only reflects that love. I like that a lot. I, I just started, like I said, I've been learning about myself these last couple of years. And I was reading a book, um, not necessarily about dating. I think it's called No More Mr. Nice Guy with Donald Glover. Uh, I don't know if that's his last name. But he talked about rejection, how rejection is not personal. Well, as far as relationships, not in family, because that is personal. But um, in dating, rejection is not personal. And it's and that really, when I thought about it, it really made sense because I don't know you, you don't know me. If I ask you on a date and you say no, it's just, it's not personal. You, you may not be there. You, it, it could be any reason why you say no. It's it like, look, if you like pizza, say, I like pepperoni my pizza. Give me a sausage pizza, I may say no. It's just not my thing. So that helped me out with rejection and even with talking to, to girls and things like that because I was like, what if they reject me because I'm in a wheelchair? I felt like that's been like my biggest uh, fear. Since if they school. reject you because of a wheelchair, it's their loss. Well, it, I I get that now and that's and that's how I am now. It, and <laughs> that's, my, that's my attitude with it now. But in, in that moment, that was a big fear of mine. So yes. I, I had to get over you know, the fear of rejection. Yes. And so now, like I said, I would go into, say, Starbucks, and I just have a conversation. I'm in, have a conversation with the barista just to have, I have to get myself comfortable with talking to people and yes. things like that. So I, I try to make my life better with that, but there's still times I still suffer with certain things like that, but I'm, I'm trying. Um, just don't try, just do more. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, well, and there are a lot of dates online and there are a lot of ways to meet people these days. For example, we're going to have um, to start live seminars and live workshops. Okay. Where we're going to go and meet people in person and tell them exactly how to do things mm -hmm. and how to not find excuses for themselves to mm -hmm. live in suffering, but to master their own life that they choose and they deserve. Yeah. I like that a lot. I'm going to keep following y'all with, with that. I know there was another question I wanted to ask you, and it's slipping my mind right now. <laughs> there was it's definitely, okay. definitely a question I wanted to ask you, and now that I'm like about to ask you, I can't remember what it is. Um, but let me try to go to another one, make sure. So you, so what is your education? That's what I'm going to ask you. Um, so. Going through all this, um, did that help you, like, get into the field that you're in now? So, after I was suicidal at 19, I was already at one university, and I decided to go to University of Psychology in mm -hmm. the same time, because I wanted to help myself, and my mom was still an alcoholic, and I wanted to help her. So I actually graduated from two universities in the same time. One of them was University of Psychology. 
from Europe. And I was still depressed at the end of it. So I was practically not able to do a profession because I said, I'm as suicidal as my future clients. And that's not going to work. We're not going to meet on the bridge who's going to jump first. <laughs> okay, that's not a great idea, right? So um, I was depressed. I finished university at the age of 22. I was depressed another 16 years of my life wow. until I found the right formula to overcome depression. And today I have a right formula um, and practically it's, it's the entire schematics, if you want, of my program. It's on my website for free because everybody deserves a chance to see what's possible and what do they have to do. And if they can do it by themselves, go for it. And if they cannot, I'm willing to help. But everybody deserves a chance, a choice. Many of us never have a chance and a choice in life. Yes, ma'am. I get that. I, I love that. Um, I still can't think of that question. So that was that was going to be my last question. That that I wanted to um, ask you, but thank you um, for helping me feel a little bit comfortable. This, like I said, this is my first time doing this by myself, and I'm like. A little nervous and all that stuff, but there's still a lot of everything at the beginning is hard, <laughs> and then That's... everything is easy. So when I get comfortable again, I'm I'm definitely want to ask you back on the show and ask more questions and deep questions because I've listened to a lot of uh, a couple of your podcasts with other people, and I I definitely like what you're talking about and things like that. But I think I'm going to ask you. A little some 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 wrap up questions. Okay. So if you can give me three people, dead or alive, that you want to have dinner with, who would they be? <laughs> so I have dinner with a lot of influential and very rich people, as you have noticed on my website. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see that. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, like uh, Hugh Hilton, the owner of Hilton Hotels, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Riley Forbes and Master Sri Akashta and JT Fox and uh, all kind of very, very rich and influential people who you will be surprised, but they do want to help teenagers get out of these situations with everything they can, including awareness. So um, I would say Keanu Reeves. Cool. Okay. I think that Keanu Reeves is... Um, how should I say, is the perfect example of a life full of pain mm -hmm. that made a meaning. If you, if, you, if you look into his life, and I'm not going to tell more <laughs> about that, right? If you look into the life of Keanu Reeves, an entire life of pain of how he turned it around and how he found meaning in deep suffering, in deep injustice that happened in his life. I think we all have a lot to learn from that. Yes, ma'am. And if you are looking just at his movies, Matrix, I know some of us consider it just movies, right? But if we think about how we can get out of suffering exactly like Neo from Matrix, I think that's also an entire example <laughs> and a great example of what's possible, what's possible for us yes, and how we should not 
sabotage ourselves. Yes, ma'am. In this lifetime. And my last one, um, your program is called Master Master of the Game of Life. Yes, Master of the Game of Life, not the Game of Suffering. We all master that one. <laughs> <laughs> Give me, um, what should we, like, whoever listened to this, just give them a little something to take with them from it. Growth and expansion is what you want. Your true potential to uncover it is what you want, is what God wants, it's what the universe wants, and it's in your power. With the right strategies and the right resources, but for anybody that goes to my website, there are a bunch of free stuff. Like, as you found, a lot of podcasts for free. Mm -hmm. There are courses for free in, on that website. So you can take a lot more for your growth and your expansion, which depends on you, not on excuses, mm -hmm. on your choice. I like that. Well, that's it on my side. And I'm, I'm very thankful that you were able to join me today and talk. And like I said, when I get comfortable with this a little bit more, I'm definitely going to have you go because I enjoy talking about this stuff and I'm going to definitely have a little bit more for you. And podcasters like you raise awareness and save mm -hmm. lives. Yes, ma'am. And I thank Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I just want to be an impact on this world and let people know that this situation is not permanent they can get no. a lot of it and do something no it's not and it depends on us to grow and expand on yes, each one of us yes, and sometimes one person changes the world one person yes ma'am i like that well i appreciate you thanks for tuning in to this episode of the then wait podcast if you believe in what we're doing, be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast and check out our Patreon page. Don't forget that you have worth and value. And if you are ever in need of encouragement, feel free to connect with us on our socials.